Good afternoon and welcome to Midday Moms. This is Dorothy Polarski, and I'd like to extend a big, big, big warm welcome to all of you that are signing on. And as you're signing on, you know, say hello to us in the chat box. We always like to know who's here. and We'd like to know where people are from. And um, if you're Alice from Arizona, just say, hey, I'm Alice from Arizona or Susan from Saskatchewan. Um, just, you know, say hello to us in the chat. I also wanted to extend a big, big warm welcome to Alan Smith. Um, I've known Alan for a very long time, um, days at Radio Maria and Teopoli, and uh, it's just a, a remarkable joy to work with Alan. Alan, do you want to say hello to the folks that are joining us, the moms that are joining us? Oh, oh yeah, it is always great to be here and to be with you, and uh, we're in this together. I've always found, and as I travel you know, across the country, speaking about Archbishop Sheen. Um, everyone has a beautiful Sheen story, and uh, they are on this journey together. We're all struggling in a way, and we have highs and lows, but it's just nice to be able to gather and and share. And so uh, I'm, I feel blessed that I have this opportunity to share a little bit of what I've learned over the years and to share some of the stories I've picked up along the way. So uh, thanks for having me, Dorothy. It's wonderful to, to have you here. And so again, uh, Dorothy Polarski from Midday Moms. We are faith partners with the Archdiocese of Toronto, and we are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. And we do so primarily by helping parishes start Catholic moms groups. You know, there are hundreds and thousands of pressures on uh, mothers these days and motherhood in the last 50 years has changed dramatically and um, you know like sometimes we forget to turn to our blessed mother to Mary the mother of God to show us how to mother and to give us the strength uh, to be a mother in just this remarkable time in history that is sending so many crazy uh, messages to our children. And as mothers, we need supernatural help and we need uh, the fellowship of other devoted Catholic moms to actually live out our vocation as mothers. Uh, I'm gonna share with you now a short ministry video. Uh, we're always fishing, we're always fishing, we're always looking for Catholic moms group leaders. And we're hoping that one of you will be inspired um, to start a Catholic moms group at your parish and to invite Alan to come to that mother's group in, pers in person. Uh, he's got so many remarkable gifts uh, and so many remarkable books that he's compiled. And we want him to get out on the road <laughs> and visit these Catholic moms groups. So I'm going to share with you our ministry video. And so if you'd like to find out more about our ministry, we ask you to Google three words. It's really simple. Catholic Moms Group. Catholic Moms Group. And we're encouraging moms at their parishes to start a Catholic Moms Group. And, um, you know, you see it right here on our website. Behold your mother. You know, behold 
seems to be a really trendy word these days in, in Catholic circles. You know, you've got Sister Miriam's uh, Advent series, you know, Behold in um, in the liturgy, Behold the handmaid of your Lord. I am a handmaid, behold your mother. And so behold, we're hoping you start a Catholic moms group at your parish. We can help you start one of three groups a group just for moms, quote unquote, a group for mothers and tots or virtual meetups. We have a series of 12 training videos that can teach you how to start a Catholic moms group. We have curriculum for um, mothers groups and mothers and tots groups. And yeah, we work with the Archdiocese of Calgary, of Peterborough, of St. Catharines, Toronto. We have mothers groups, Minnesota, Colorado, North Pole, even. Mothers, by our very nature, we are nurturing, loving caregivers. We are social beings made for friendship and community. We are also spiritual by nature, made by a loving God to know him and love him, and to pass this love of our Catholic faith on to our children. But right now, many mothers feel overextended, distracted, and exhausted. Though as Catholics, we have the community of our church, many mothers attending mass could not name the mom sitting next to them in the pew they share. Community and support among Catholic mothers is desperately needed in this hectic and chaotic culture. Your parish needs you to bring these moms together. Hi, my name is Dorothy Polarski. I'm the founder of Catholic Moms Group. We at Catholic Moms Group are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. We exist to bring together like-minded, faith-filled mothers who crave community and are focused on spiritual growth, Catholic teaching, and fellowship. Can you imagine a thriving, engaged mothers group at your parish? A group of moms in love with their Catholic faith, ready to serve other mothers no matter what stage of motherhood they're at, can you imagine what a difference that would make at your parish? Starting a mother's group, it's not rocket science, but working with a team who's done it before and who's done it dozens and dozens of times sure does help. The Catholic Moms Group membership site is an online community that offers training, resources, and dozens of tools for parishes to help them start a mother's group quickly and efficiently. We're here to provide you with a clear path to launching a Catholic Moms Group at your parish. All of our materials are 100% Catholic. We have clearly laid out meetup plans for both moms groups and toddler groups. We are obedient to the magisterium of the Catholic Church. We have created dozens of tools that are going to save you time and energy. And besides that, we love our Blessed Mother. We constantly turn to her for her intercession. You can make a huge impact in your parish, so join us. We are revolutionizing the way parishes start mothers groups by providing parishes with a Catholic mothers group starter kit. 
and by nourishing and training a community of Catholic Mothers Group leaders across the world. It's time to start a Mothers Group at your parish. Join us today. And so a big warm welcome to all of you. Just wanted to say hello to a few folks that have said hello to us in the chat box. Uh, a big warm hello to uh, Lucy. Lucy, we, we had an opportunity to meet at the Advent retreat a few days ago. Uh, it's great to see you here, Lucy. And Claude, all the way from Dubai. Uh, great to see you, Claude. Uh, Dora from Mississauga, Ellen uh, from Annunciation in Scarborough. It's uh, wonderful all to, to see you here. This is our third in a series of reflections for Advent, and we're in the second week of Advent, and, you know, just very, very thrilled to have Alan here to talk about um, not only a book, but also a journey between the crib and the, the cross. And Alan, when you proposed that as a title for an Advent reflection, I was particularly, you know, deeply moved because I often see that, you know, that, that mothers and our blessed mother, that yes, they give birth to a child, um, but at the same time, they have to be present during, you know, the, the, during a, many crosses in a child's life. And of course, our blessed mother was present at the ultimate, you know, the true cross. Can you tell me a little bit about why you chose this as a title for um, an Advent reflection? Yes. Well, I think um, many of us go into the season of Advent with reservation. Um, you know, we we kind of know it's the busiest season, uh, even busier than Easter sometimes. And yet, as Catholics, we make a Lenten journey each year. And of course, we make an Advent journey. And uh, yet, when I read the meditations about the crib, uh, especially the meditations that Archbishop Sheen offered his readers, uh, he would always connect the two, the, the crib of Bethlehem with the cross of Calvary. And I thought there must be this connection between the cross and the crib. But when I did some research, the beautiful connection comes um, from what I'd like to say, this nursery theme. Um, of course, we've all been in hospitals and, of course, seen the new babies, and they're usually held in the nursery. Uh, this is kind of going back to uh, the days of those big Catholic families, you know, where there was a big department in each hospital uh, of newborn, newborns. But again, it's that beautiful theme of the nursery. And as I read of, uh, through Sheen's uh, account of the Passion, uh, those beautiful words, woman, behold your son, behold your mother. Uh, and the church has taught us that it is that moment that we became children of Mary. And it's sometimes hard to fathom that, but that's what happened. When our blessed Lord gifted 
St. John to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and vice versa, of course, gifted her to him and him to her. Um, there was that beautiful spiritual adoption. He was saying to Mary, this is your child. Um, again, and all the children that come after him will be your children. And so St. John was her secondborn. Uh, of course, our Lord was her firstborn. The scriptures tell us that. But St. John in this beautiful spiritual adoption becomes her secondborn, probably St. Peter, her thirdborn, um, again, the many apostles, but we her millionth and millionth born. And so it's that realization that we are children of Mary, that the cross of Calvary becomes the nursery. And of course, then the nursery brings us back to the theme of the Christ child, of course, born in Bethlehem. So you can see that beautiful connection, but it's really that love story that our Lord is saying, I will not leave you orphaned. I'm going to give you my mother. Uh, she's going to nurse you. She's going to take care of you. And it was our blessed mother that uh, raised the infant church. She was there for them. And she's there for us if we accept that invitation by our blessed Lord. So again, you see that connection now, the cross and the crib when Calvary becomes the nursery. And uh, so again, I was able to then uh, take that idea and put it into a book and um, uh, use that as the title of the book, The Cross and the Crib, to share with the reader uh, a number of Sheen's writings on the Blessed Virgin Mary and those words, woman, behold your son, behold your mother. So uh, kind of, because uh, those meditations have touched my life and helped me in my own spiritual journey. Uh, you know, we talk about our personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, I like to say that I've been working on my personal relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Oh, that's <laughs> and it's you know. so beautiful. Now, some of you um, may know Alan, and, and some of you, maybe this is the first time you've had the opportunity to meet Alan. Um, Alan is the executive director of the Archbishop Fulton Sheen Mission Society of Canada. And um, where can people find out more about you and your work, Alan? Yeah, uh, the easiest way to find me is uh, a website that I set up years ago called bishopsheentoday.com. And I named it Bishop Sheen Today because we need Bishop Sheen today. I mean, we needed him yesterday and tomorrow, but we need him today. And so if you go to the website bishopsheentoday.com, there you'll find me. And of course, you'll find hundreds of Archbishop Sheen's videos, his audio recordings, his books. I've tried to make it a place where you can gather uh, as much of Fulton Sheen's wisdom as possible. Uh, some people like to watch videos. Some people like to listen to audio. Some people would like to read books. It's all there. So uh, bishopsheentoday.com is where you can find me and the works of Archbishop Sheen. Yeah, no, and, and and you're also a board member of the Foundation of Prayer for Priests and the board member for three years of the Archbishop Fulton Sheen Foundation um, in Illinois. And, you know, you've done a remarkable amount of work in um, getting Bishop Fulton Sheen's writings uh, published and republished. Just in the, you know, in case there's someone here maybe that is not familiar uh, with Bishop Fulton Sheen, can you give us just maybe, you know, like the two or three sentence yeah. bio of, uh, I know sure. this hard to do in two or three sentences, but I'm always yeah. trying to reach out to moms that maybe have never heard of Bishop Fulton Sheen. 
right? And and I can relate to that because I didn't find Bishop Sheen until I was 48 years old. Um, uh, a lot of people think, oh, you grew up with this great Catholic, um, you know, media personality. But no, I never read one of his books or saw one of his videos till I was 48 years old. But uh, right, 48? Yeah. 48. Yeah. 48. Oh, I, I was, I was late, late oh. to the table, you know, okay. <laughs> I was late for supper. So, <laughs> um, but no, God is, uh, he's uh, played catch up very quickly. You know, we, I've uh, been a quick learner with Fulton Sheen, but you know, he was born in 1895 and of course, um, Again, lived a long life, but uh, of course was a call to the priesthood, uh, was again a brilliant academic in his studies, uh, of course uh, had many, uh, you know, doctoral, um, you know, awards, again, the Carlo Mercier Award, just he was a brilliant scholar. And yet he found this great spot on the uh, radio apostolate called the Catholic Hour, and he became the voice of the Catholic Church in the 30s, 40s, and 50s on the Catholic Hour. And of course, a prolific writer, uh, wrote 66 books. And so uh, every year he would give his talks on the radio, he turned them into books. And uh, so the radio led to television. And in 19, the early 1950s, he was on television with his award-winning, uh, actually Emmy award-winning show, Life is Worth Living. And 30 million people watch this show each week and so it was 30, well known 30, 30 million, million 30 million i would i would die for numbers like that it would be <laughs> awesome you know you know i'm used to dozens of views but to have millions <laughs> of views is something so uh yeah so again just known for television and then of course uh again he's still on tv today i mean ewtn television is still replaying his videos um, and of course, he wrote a newspaper column for 30 years, uh, kind of similar to Ann Landers, but it was called Bishop Sheen Writes. And so for 30 years, from 49 to 79, he was in the uh, newspapers with a syndicated column. So uh, he was touching millions of lives. And um, and this is why even today he's still so popular. And and what kind of catapulted you into, you know, becoming a prolific uh, champion of his because you the work you know you've been on EWTN you've had these books republished what kind of you know you're you're a prolific champion of Bishop Sheen's can you tell us a little bit about um, about that well I'd like to say he fixed me <laughs> he fixed me and I don't mean to say I was broken and stuff like that but what happened with to me was Fulton Sheen I started to read his books and it just appealed to me it was like a it was like a parish priest, you know, when you get a, a new parish priest and you just, uh, you just connect, you connect and, uh, they, you know, his homilies are excellent and he's got a great, um, you know, way to uh, deal with families. And this is what I found. I, I read a little book by Fulton Sheen. Uh, he penned in 1939 called Victory Over Vice. And it was the way to overcome the seven deadly sins through the seven last words our Lord spoke from the cross. And when I read that book, he kind of made sin uh, make sense of what was really happening in my life and how to find an honest solution. And so his teachings on sin and then his teachings on virtue just really helped me. And I thought, boy, I got to read more of this. And within a year, I think I had read 24 of Sheen's 66 books because they just made so much sense. And they were writings that I could apply 
into my daily life. They weren't lofty spiritual books up here. They were, you know, just grounded teachings. And again, that was his appeal. He was meeting people where they were at. And so for me, this is what I found. I thought um, he provided a catechesis. He did a 50 lesson catechism series. So uh, he was teaching the faith and he had tens of thousands of converts take instruction from him over the years. And so um, he had a formula, he had a recipe for success. And I started to read these recipes. I wanted to share these recipes uh, with the world and say, you know, if you're struggling with suffering and pain, there's a book for that. If you're struggling with sin, Fulton Sheen wrote on that. If you need to practice uh, the virtues and live the Beatitudes, he wrote on that. And so he had something for wow. everyone. Yeah. And and so this is where I thought, you know, uh, when I started to, to work for Sheen's canonization process, um, uh, Bishop Daniel Janke, the Bishop of Peoria, invited me to be on the board of directors. And I started to see the need to make sure that Fulton Sheen's voice didn't go silent. Uh, what happens is many great writers and orators die and then their works are buried. Uh, people, you know, never think of them uh, a few years after their death. Uh, so there was this great passion by uh, Father Apostoli, uh, God rest his soul, uh, to just, just take every opportunity you can to re-release his works, make sure people are listening to his talks, make sure his videos are in distribution. And so it was that zeal of Father Apostoli that I really picked up on. And I knew I had a mission to complete, and that was to make sure that Fulton Sheen's works weren't hidden, that they were brought back to life and uh, been able to re-release many of his lost works uh, that haven't been republished in 80 years. And so it's been a real blessing to do that. So uh, that's part of my zeal. It's a way of thanking uh, God for Fulton Sheen because uh, my father is actually a convert uh, because of Fulton Sheen's teachings. And um, again, I have to, uh, I can pay tribute to Fulton Sheen for giving me a great Catholic father who uh, was a beautiful example for me. So um, I'm in debt. I'm in debt and I'm trying to repay this debt in a very good way. So uh, um, Alan, I have a question for you. Um, a number of years ago, our family traveled to Rome and we had the a blessing and the grace to meet um, Monsignor Sosman. And he, you know, God bless his soul. And he, you know, he, he took us on a tour. He took us out for breakfast. It was just a remarkable. Can you tell us, um, I don't even think I really knew who Monsignor Sosman was at the time, except for someone had said to me, you've got to meet, you know, Monsignor Sosman while you're in Rome. And so I did. Um, can you tell me a little bit about Monsignor Sosman's role and who right. he was and what he was doing on the behalf yes. of Fulton Sheen. Right. Uh, Monsignor Sosman, uh, of course, is attached to the Diocese of Peoria, and uh, he was assigned with the task of compiling the testimonies uh, about Archbishop Sheen's life. And uh, he had to gather all of these testimonies from uh, family members, uh, from, of course, uh, bishops and priests, uh, anyone that had, uh, you know, knowledge of Fulton Sheen's life, because uh, there is a what we call a positio, 
uh, I like to call it a position paper. And it's actually located behind me. It's this large red volume um, of, of 2,000 pages of actual testimony that um, Monsignor Sosma had to document and then present to the cause of the saints, uh, kind of our, uh, you know, position paper. And that's why it's called Positio. Um, it's really uh, for the theologians in the Vatican to read so that they could agree or disagree that Fulton Sheen lived a life of heroic virtue. And so he spent years compiling this work and, of course, uh, presented it to the Vatican uh, on behalf of the Diocese of Peoria. And uh, they looked over those documents for 10 years, uh, along with all of Sheen's writings and his videos. And then in 2012, Pope Benedict declared uh, Fulton Sheen venerable. But again, through the hard work of uh, Monsignor Sosman. Okay. So that's the connection. That's the connection. Okay, that's the connection. Um, now, I, I, I do want to just, uh, I've, I've got a copy of your book here, and I want to kind of uh, bring us back to our Advent reflection, the crib and the cross. And there, there's a quote here I thought I might um, share with everybody. Uh, and so, and, and it's just so beautiful. We are children of Mary, literally children. She is our mother, not only by title of fiction, not by title of courtesy. She is our mother because she endured at that particular moment the pains of childbirth for all of us. And why did our Lord give us, give to us, give her to us as a mother? because he knew we could never be holy without her. He came to us through her purity, and only through her purity can we go back to her. There is no sanctus apart from Mary. Every victim that mounts that altar under the species of bread and wine must have said the confiture and become a holy victim. But there is no holiness without Mary. And so we're wanting to take a little bit of more time now just to reflect on our Blessed Mother's role during Advent, our Blessed Mother's role in our lives, and our Blessed Mother's virtues. Can you, can you share a little bit with us? Uh, um, right. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That beautiful quote that you shared uh, came from uh, Sheen's 1936 book, uh, Calvary in the Mass. And it's where Fulton Sheen wants to remind us that uh, holiness is required. It's, um, it's something that we need to work on. And uh, who better to go to than the Blessed Virgin Mary? Uh, for her title is Refuge of Sinners. And I think we have to remember that she is our refuge. And uh, yet uh, every opportunity that we have to uh, draw closer to her, uh, Fulton Sheen uh, sets us up for success. Um, again, his writings, um, especially on those words, woman, behold your son, behold your mother. And you've alluded to this, behold your mother uh, so many times. Uh, Fulton Sheen wanted to get Mary into our heads so that we're thinking of her all the time. And I think 
this is what many mothers struggle with is they uh, come to the end of their day and they say, I never really thought about the Blessed Virgin Mary. I didn't really meditate on Jesus. Um, I just got caught up in this world. And yet Fulton Sheen and his uh, wisdom says, I'm going to help you remember Mary. Um, and, and this is what he did. He um, wrote each year about those words, behold your mother with a different theme. And so when you go to Holy Mass and you come to the Sanctus, 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 or the Holy, 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 uh, you know, Fulton Sheen was saying to us, whisper the words, Mary, 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 because we can't become holy without her. We need her help. So every time I'm at Mass and they come to the Holy, 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 I'm whispering those little words, Mary, 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 I need your help. And he does that for so many other things. He, we think of the Beatitudes, and Fulton Sheen wrote about uh, the Beatitude, blessed are the clean of heart, for they shall see God. And so our Blessed Mother will help us to be that holy example, to become pure of heart so that we can see God. And again, it's those words, behold thy mother. Uh, we look to her as that holy example. Uh, and the same is true for you know, uh, vice and virtue. Uh, when we think of the vice of impurity, uh, we can go to the Blessed Virgin Mary to help us in this area. And we look at who was her companion at the foot of the cross. It was Magdalene, you know. Uh, again, she had been redeemed by our Lord, and yet she goes to Mary for help. As I said earlier, she's the refuge of sinner. And of course, Fulton Sheen encouraged us to practice the virtue of prudence, um, a word you don't hear that often, you know, but he teaches us about prudence because our Lord um, showed great prudence in giving us her. Um, who better to leave us with than the Blessed Virgin Mary? Uh, again, he's pleading with us to say, uh, if you want success, you need her. So it's the prudent thing to do. Uh, but again, these ideas that Fulton Sheen would just uh, share each year so that we always keep Mary in our mind and hopefully in our hearts, but uh, gives us these concrete examples of how to do it, how to um, become like her. And in fact, you know, in 1945, he wrote a book called The Seven Words of Jesus and Mary. And this is, again, just great meditations to uh, ponder during Advent because, uh, you know, we think of, of course, Bethlehem. We think of those struggles. But before those struggles ever happened, there was those moments when our, our Blessed Mother said, be it done to me according to thy word. Um, how could this be for a no-not man? Uh, Fulton Sheen loves to... Uh, show us that Our Lady was ready to serve, uh, ready to respond, ready to become that disciple of Christ. And uh, mothers out there, uh, you can imitate those great, um, I want to just say, the mother is role-playing for us and showing us how to do it, uh, to just be that attentive uh, servant. And yet she does it so well. And this is where Fulton Sheen would want us to say, meditate on that. Meditate on the times that the Blessed Mother spoke in Scripture and what she did. Uh, we think of those beautiful words at the wedding feast at Cana uh, when she said to our Lord, they have no wine. Uh, she was asking him to do something. 
and she was asking us also to do something. Um, but again, those I want to say, Sheen talks about Mary's valedictorian address, her last words. And her very last words were at the wedding feast of Cana when she said, do whatever he tells you. Um, that would be, I think, Fulton Sheen's advice to us too. <laughs> he would say, do whatever the Lord tells you. Uh, and our blessed Lord says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. But again, I'm kind of, you know, crisscrossing around a little bit. But to give you an idea that uh, as you read Fulton Sheen, um, he just gives you these concrete ideas to say, yeah, that works. Because uh, again, we're all struggling with our prayer life. And of course, Fulton Sheen teaches us how to pray. You know, he had many books on prayer. But again, for mothers especially, what Fulton Sheen is recommending to imitate Mary, to learn from her, from her courage. And of course, her great cry of victory, the Magnificat, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. I think that needs to be an anthem for the mothers at home, especially to uh, pray that out loud every day, uh, a couple times a day. Uh, as you're, uh, yeah, the, the thing that kind of really has jumped out at me on a on a practical level from your your little reflection there is that um, I'm sure all of us now, okay, the second week of of Advent. Um, and that, yes, we're trying to prepare, you know, we're probably baking, we're probably cleaning, we're probably shopping. But what I just heard you say is we really should be striving for holiness. And so when you're baking, are you baking with love, you know, when you're cleaning, are you cleaning with resentment or are you cleaning with collaboration and perseverance? And so, um, you know, the other day too, I was listening to a beautiful reflection by uh, Ken Yasinski and his, his wife. They, they've got some beautiful videos out. And he was stressing the importance of, you know, go to confession, go to confession, go to confession during Advent. And so I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm the midday moms lady that has, a, have I planned my confession, right, to go for Advent? And, and I thought, Dorothy, if I don't plan it, if I don't put it in my schedule, I know that Christmas is going to come and go. And so I phoned my spiritual director. I said, like, make, well, actually emailed, can I make an appointment for spiritual direction and confession? And, and he emails me yesterday and he says, what's tomorrow like? Meaning today. And I'm like, oh, no, I've got midday bombs. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. But then I thought to myself, okay, Polarski, Dorothy, you've got to rise to the occasion. Do the dog paddle. Get down there. Because it's so easy to have confession just sort of slip through your fingers and Advent has come and gone. And so I'd like to encourage um, just all of you listening today based on Alan's reflection is to ask yourself, have I gone to confession during Advent? And if you haven't, grab your calendar after this session find the date that you're going to do and commit to it. Because I always say, 
you know, the midday moms isn't supposed to be just kind of a feel good between girlfriends. After midday moms, the goal is that you would have acted on something and done something and, and grown in, in virtue. Um, and Alan, could you tell us a little bit more maybe about our Blessed Mother's um, characteristics? I, I, this is such a beautiful thing yeah. to yeah. meditate on. Yeah, I think, um, again, as Fulton Sheen would um, always show the unity between Jesus and Mary, uh, their connectivity. And I think this is where we have to strive towards that same unity. But, you know, I think of our Blessed Lord's words, words, I thirst, and how our mother imitated those words when she sought the child for three days. Uh, we know that great story of how um, our Lord um, stayed back in the temple. And of course, the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph went with the caravan, and then they realized that the Lord wasn't with them. And so for three days, they thirsted to be with our Lord. And and I kind of uh, challenge people, and I think because Fulton Sheen challenged me, to say, do you really thirst for our Lord? Do you have that thirst, that longing for him? Or do you have other things to do that are more important than connecting with our Lord? And this is what Our Lady teaches us by uh, just looking for the Lord. And she knew the pain of losing him. And we know that when we sin, we separate ourselves from the Lord. And again, I think that's, you know, a beautiful way to connect that is to say by going back to the sacrament of confession, uh, we get that opportunity to thirst for him, thirst to be reconciled, to find him again, to find that peace. And I know that what Fulton Sheen uh, did for not only me, but for millions of people, is he gave us a reason to go to confession. <laughs> and one of the reasons is because of how we wound our mother's heart. Um, this is one thing that really became clear to me, is that our Blessed Mother was at the foot of the cross, an innocent victim. She was losing her son because of our sin. It was our sin that put her on, put him on the cross. And yet she stands there sorrowing. And yet when we look at that um, situation, we have to confess that we had something to do with that. And for one, some reason or another, uh, I had this prompting years ago to say, have you ever apologized to the Blessed Mother for causing her this great wound that your sin put our Lord on the cross? But, you know, I've made my mother, my own biological mother, cry many times. And my, my dad would always say, now go apologize to your mother and make up with her. And yet we have this opportunity to uh, reconcile with the Blessed Virgin Mary in a beautiful way. And uh, I encourage everyone to ponder this mystery of, of just, you know, apologizing to her. Uh, everybody wants a good relationship with their mother. And sometimes an apology is in order. And so it gives you that little maybe extra motivation to go to confession because um, it will please the mother. It's our way of saying to mom, you know, mom, I want to make things right. And I want to apologize to you too. And it's amazing what happens when you apologize to the Blessed Virgin Mary, how your relationship with her will uh, improve. And so uh, these are all little tips from Fulton Sheen. But again, that zeal for the mission, that's one thing that Our Lady will teach us time and time again, this desire to thirst, 
this desire to just trust in God and, and proclaim the victory that is won uh, through the power of his cross and uh, to go out on mission to do whatever our Lord uh, prompts us to do. And of course, uh, the Holy Spirit is the spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So we have to trust those holy inspirations of the Holy Spirit. So lots there. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I, and, I, and I'm just, I just kind of felt the Holy Spirit uh, just call me into, into prayer for all of us here that are together that we pray. Um, just dear Lord, we thank you for this time with Alan and we thank you for all the moms that have registered today and we just ask the Holy Spirit um, just to sit us each on our blessed mother's lap right now and and that we cuddle up to our blessed mother and 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 that we start maybe thinking about some of our transgressions maybe thinking about you know some of the ways we have perhaps disappointed our, our blessed mother and 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 just allow our blessed mother to um, to caress us as we bring some of those things to her like a, you know like a child who has stolen a cookie from the cookie jar or broken a glass or something and then that we that we just that we just bring our our sins, our, our infidelities, you know, just sitting upon her lap and that we cuddle up to her asking her uh, for her forgiveness and asking her uh, to hold us, to reassure us, to, you know, just to pat our heads like a good mom would and like a good mom does. And um, Alan, I, I wanted to ask you a question. I, I know that a lot of women, a lot of women really struggle in um, their relationship with our Blessed Mother. And, you know, sometimes we have wounds with our own mothers. Sometimes we have, you know, wounds with our own mothers. And, and, and maybe our mothers didn't mother us perfectly. Like, how could a mother mother us perfectly? You know, our mothers are only human, they're not divine. And then I think too that, you know, myself, I have this loud and gregarious and sometimes sometimes harsh temperament. And so I kind of get a little bit afraid of our blessed mother because I'm kind of like, I'm not as holy as you. Like, I, you know, I'm like a bad girl, you know. Um, and, and, and so can you talk a little bit about, and, and, you know, and again, the feminist movement, right, is like plowed all of these crazy ideas into our heads about what it means to be a woman. And so there's there's this great divide, I think, between our blessed mother and the average person. And, and can you talk a little bit about that and just share right. with us? Yeah, I think, you know, what you're alluding to is that I think all of us have to take stock and say, okay, where am I with my own biological mother or my adoptive mother? And, you know, I think all of us will admit to say that, um, yeah, there's been times where it's been a strange relationship. Um, yes, there's some good times and this, there's difficult times, but at the best of it, sometimes there is that strain. Um, it's a journey you have. Of course, uh, my mother was the disciplinarian. So 
we grew a resentment towards her. Uh, we like to say she wrecked our fun. <laughs> but there's me and, of course, there's 12 children in my family. So my mother had a lot of disciplining to do during the day while <laughs> my father was at work. But but as I grew as an adult, I found it took that with me to say, yeah, I don't, mothers wreck my fun. And so why would I want to get close to the Blessed Virgin Mary, who <laughs> who would make, remind me of our Lord's uh, uh, passion, his death, his resurrection, but also the commandments? Why would I want to get close to that? Because that's asking me to do something. Uh, but I think the, the trick was to um, do what Fulton Sheen advised us to do, is to take Mary into your home. Um, she's the mother that can do no wrong. I mean, we look at those beautiful images of her with the Christ child at the Christmas crash, and our hearts are just full of good feelings. And um, so she's that type of mother. She doesn't offend. And yet if we take her into our home and let her live with us, and uh, it's like the challenge of, of taking the Blessed Virgin Mary and now letting her ride shotgun with you in the van and always have her there. Uh, bring her into your living room and just acknowledge that she's there. A tip that I learned from Fulton Sheen was um, I always envision that the Blessed Mother is sitting with the Christ child in her lap. She's Our Lady, Seat of Wisdom. And so she's sitting on the couch here in my studio with the Christ child just saying, don't, don't, just ignore me. I'm here with the baby. It's going to be okay. I want to listen in on your conversation. But to have her in your home, to talk to her through the day. You have to kind of live this uh, experience of including her and then conversing with her. Um, you know, every night when I go to bed, I ask her to tell me a story, to whisper something in my ear, to mother me. Uh, it sounds silly, but it, it's not because it's helping me get to know her and love her and trust her. And it's that uh, commission that our Lord gave to us all to take her into our homes, to truly take her into our homes, and to, again, develop that personal relationship with Mary, <laughs> a personal relationship with her, and to include her. And again, it takes practice. It takes practice to, um, some people say pretend, but the pretend becomes real over time. And when you listen to Fulton Sheen talk about the Blessed Virgin Mary, you think that he that she lives in his house with him and is always talking to him and he's always talking to her and it was true that's the relationship he had with her so at that challenge of taking mary into your home and working with her and knowing that she will not offend uh she's approachable she's approachable and of course even though we're sinners as magdalene was a great sinner uh, she is the refuge of sinners so she takes us and loves us and tries to make us well because she wants what's best for us and she will teach us how to become little Christ for she spent 30 years forming him in Nazareth and she can form us. We just have to go to her and ask her to teach us. And she will. She will. And, and so on this beautiful solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, I, I can really, really feel uh, just our sense, our Blessed Mother at work and you know, many times, well, people will ask me, and I have, well, you have to give this thing about the vocation of motherhood. Like, what does that even mean? And why, why are you so passionate about starting these Catholic moms groups? Well, I have this fundamental fear, and I know that as Christians, we shouldn't be fearful, but 
I've seen women become, you know, busier and busier and busier and busier and with more and more demands. And so now we're, you know, working full time. We're on Instagram three or four hours a day. We're supposed to go to the fitness institute and become, you know, this remarkable figure. And we're supposed to become Martha Stewart's and we're supposed to, um, you know, become well-read politicians and advocates and, and and sometimes i i feel like satan is stealing our very essence to mother and so what does what happens when you become busier what happens when you become more competitive what happens when you um have no you know like if you have no time to go to a funeral and if you have no time to go visit a person in a hospital and if you have no time for your own children and you have no time to cook your own meals and you have no time to go on a date with your husband and you've got no time to go to mass and you've got no time um to play with your children, something's wrong, right? Yeah. Something's wrong. And, and I feel like Satan has been ripping motherhood out of our culture and that Satan has been telling us that, you know, making money is more important, you know, doing this is more important, you know, getting this degree is more, I was like, whatever happened to the young woman who may be at 21 wanted to get married and have children right and be a mother and i'm not saying that's intended for everybody but um we 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 really have to acknowledge the fact that satan's got a lot of us kind of grabbed by the throats and you know the whole purpose of midday moms the whole purpose of the mother's ministry is to infuse into your heart the question, what would Mother Mary do? What would Mother Mary do? What would our Blessed Mother do? And not to be afraid of that, right? Um, sometimes people, you know, have said to me, oh, you're against you know, working mothers. I'm like, are you kidding? I've worked so much in my life. You know, what I'm against is turning your eyes away from the will of God and pursuing the will of the world. Um, and, and so um, are there, you know, the, I could go on and on about this, this book, Alan's written a book called, and, and it's a reflection of Fulton Sheen's writings, the, the, the cross and the crib. There are so many topics we could go on and on you know the value of ignorance the secret of sanctity the fellowship of religion the confidence of victory like we could go on and on um, alan if somebody wanted to contact you and if somebody wanted to get a hold of his books or if someone wanted you to come and speak at their parish what would they do how would they where would they, how, do, how would they reach you, Alan? I think I asked you this again, but I want to ask it again at the end sure. of the. Yeah. I mean, you can always find me at bishopsheentoday.com because yeah. I'm here to present Bishop Sheen today because we need him today. So uh, bishopsheentoday.com, there's a contact tab there. You can write me an email, drop me a line. 
And so you can find me there. Uh, I do travel. It's uh, all part of what I do. And and I'm blessed in that I'm a retired plumber, uh, you know, gas fitter. And so I have some time to uh, share Fulton Sheen's wisdom with the world. So, uh, but still, uh, again, our local community, I like to always say, grow where you're planted. It's happy to do stuff here in Canada. And uh, again, it's one of those things, but uh, bishopsheentoday.com is where you'll find me. And uh, again, the books that I've put together, I've I've got 30 of them now under my, um, you know, under my belt. And um, again, some of them are with major publishers. Um, of course, Sophia Institute Press has been uh, very good to me over the years. Um, again, The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, which was my very first book, uh, is in its seventh printing now. Uh, wow. It just continues to be uh, a winner. Um, of course, Lord Teach Us to Pray, a book on the sacraments, a book on uh, God's love, and there's a book on war and peace. There's there's five of them that I've put together with Sophia Press, and uh, they're all available wherever fine books are sold. And then there's uh, 24 books that I self-published on Amazon and uh, a number of Fulton Sheen titles, including the one that you've hold, held up the called The Cross and the Crib. Uh, again, Sheen's Reflections on the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, again, it's one of these things. So there's always a Sheen book to read. And uh, again, I just try to do it um, at an affordable price. I'm, I'm thrifty at heart. So uh, the anthologies that I put together are usually include like five books in one, seven books in one. So instead of paying $10 for an individual book, you'll get five books for $20. So uh, love to save us money. But still, it's by gift because I want people to read Shane. And he's touched my life, the life of my father and so many others, uh, many of the mothers at home. Uh, and he can do that for us and our children, especially. Uh, I put these books out. Uh, so if my kids don't listen to me, <laughs> my adult children especially, read Fulton Sheen. Um, he'll have the same effect or even a better effect, I like to say. So uh, again, Dorothy, thank you for allowing me to just uh, tell people where they can find uh, myself and Fulton Sheen. So um, again, no, I do this. It's it's, uh, it's an honor to to have you here. I remember once I was in Colorado on a, a retreat, uh, a Lenten retreat, actually. And I was at a parish and they had like books for sale and there was your name <laughs> and i'm like i know this guy and i'm running up to the pastor and the pastor was promoting the book in colorado so uh you know you've got an international following you know congratulations on, on all you. of your hard work um i also wanted just to shout out to all of you here that are that have joined us today if during the Advent season, you kind of feel a call to make a, a, a donation, I would, I would, you know, ask you to make a donation to our ministry through PayPal. Um, you know, we've had many requests to do midday moms at night. We, we, we have a lot of requests and I can't always answer all of our emails and all of our requests. And I'd really like to be able to uh, just to hire a little bit of part-time help and um, produce more videos. And, and we can do that if we get your support, our listeners. Um, and so if during Advent you feel called to make a, a donation, please, you can go to our website, three words, catholicmomsgroup.com. And um, yeah, 
make a donation. <laughs> no, we need your help. And so Alan, um, thank you for joining us. And hopefully we'll have you back again soon sometime. And uh, are you still, you're still in Midland, are you? Still in Midland, yes. And uh, maybe we can do Lent together. We'll do something for Lent. And, there uh, you go. Yeah, of course, Fulton, she mark me on the calendar. And, uh, thank you, mark we'll me on the a... calendar for Lent. Yes, yes no, no, that'll yes. be great. Okay, yes. so um, everyone that here is, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Remember uh, that during this Advent time, we're to strive towards holiness. You can do that through, yes, going to confession. Yes, doing some spiritual reading. Yes, hanging out with some. We need fellowship as Catholics. I was saying to Alan uh, when we, you know, before we got on that we need each other as Catholics. So uh, make a little list of two or three things that you can do in order to strive towards holiness. Maybe go to an extra mass. Uh, what can you do to evangelize? Uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer, like I've given out Alan's books, some of them as Christmas gifts, as birthday gifts. I'm a big believer in you as a mother, giving religious books to your children. And if you inscript in them, you know, to my dearest son, Christmas of, you know, 2022, he might not read it now, but he might read it five years from now, three years from now. So uh, do some shopping on uh, Bishop Sheen today for uh, for Christmas. Um, Alan will get the stuff out quickly. So love you all. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you again all very soon. And again, Alan, thank you very much for joining us. And well, well, well. Well, and as I like to say, I pray for you and you pray for me. I hope it sounds like a deal. <laughs> okay. Bye now. Bye everyone. <laughs>